Let's see what we can do here this evening. And um, we're going we're gonna to be all over the place in the Bible. This is going to be a real hike. So uh, I, I have uh, three scriptures I want to read, and then I will direct you where to go in the text. So let's pray for me. Lord Jesus, uh, thank you so much for your word. I thank you for these faithful hearts to come out and listen to the teaching this evening, Lord Jesus. Um, I just pray to be anointed, Lord, to bring the truth to them. I think, uh, again, of Dawn and uh, the little one, Lord Jesus, and uh, just touch her and heal her and bring her home tomorrow. We ask it in your name. Okay, uh, I wanted to do a quick study on temptation and uh, fascin- fascinating subject affects us all and uh, kind of uh, a real primer on it, real basic thing. And in Scripture, there are four classic temptations, Adam and Eve and Joseph and David and Jesus. We're going to look at two of them tonight because I don't think we're going to tangle with Satan head on. So we're going to look at David and Joseph. Those other two were were special cases, real special cases. So I just want to read three scriptures that are things to know about temptation. And the first one is found in James uh, chapter 1, and it starts in verse 13. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot, cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Look for this progression as we look at these temptations, as we look at these temptations. Uh, the next one is found in 1 John. It's chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, and it says there, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but of the world. And I have in parentheses there, Satan. Look for that as we look at the temptations of David and Joseph. And one more classic uh, in regards to temptation is 1 Corinthians 10.13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And parenthetically, I said as a note, God is just and fair. He always provides a way out. Look for that as we study these two classic temptations in Scripture. And the first one we're going to do, because it's uh, the most, uh, this is the one that will end on a sad note. I don't want to finish with that. This is uh, David's adultery, and this is 2 Samuel chapter 11, starts in verse 1. And there it says, It happened in the spring of the year, at a time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. And traditionally, the the kings would go out in the spring when the weather got good, and they would carry on these campaigns. God said, you're going to have to drive the Canaanites out. They were duty-bound to do that. Since they got in the land, God said, I'll give you the land. 
I'll help you drive them out. That's what kings are supposed to be doing. But David took this year off. Joab's a great general. He can go out there and it says uh, they destroyed the people of Ammon, besieged Ramah. Joab's doing a good job, so he stayed home. And we'll find out that he is out of position. He's out of position. You guys that ever had a basketball coach or a football coach know that term. You're, you're out of position. In basketball, if you're not between your man and the goal, the coach will say, you're out of position. They can run right around you and score. Uh, in in uh, football, when the defensive back gets ahead too much, they get behind you, you're out of position. And you'll see the quarterback on the other side, he'll be in his shotgun, and he's looking for guys out of position. He wants to call a play to catch somebody out of position. David's out of position. He's really going to get out of position here, too. Um, so he should have been out with the troops battling for God's land, but he's taking this spring off, and, and we'll see what happens. And two, it says, Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed, and he walked out on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. Very beautiful to behold. Is that bring something back to mind out of one of those uh, verses we talked about? We talked about? Could this be lust of the eyes? This could be lust of the eyes. She was very beautiful. And she was bathing. Um, you know, use your imagination there a little bit. Uh, she was beautiful and she was bathing. And the king saw her. And maybe things are, are starting to happen right now. But right now, he's just beholding her. And when you think about temptation, and you think about one of those other scriptures, um, maybe he should have done something right there. Like, just, just split. Just leave. You know, I'm seeing something I shouldn't see. And uh, there's a neat verse in Job that says, I've made a pact with my eyes not to look upon young maidens, you guys. <laughs> and that's a real good thing to remember. When the lust of the eyes is starting up, I made a pact with my eyes not to look at the young maidens. And uh, even old Job knew that was, that was a good thing to do. And, uh, you know, he could have ended that right there before this gets in a downhill progression, but he didn't do that. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Yeah, he's getting more information here. He wants to know just uh, how eligible this gal may be. Um, remember when the prophet um, Samuel, God talked to him about kings, and Israel wanted a king. And God said, yeah, I'm going to relent on this one, but remember what kings do. They'll take your daughters and make them perfumers. That's, that's elevated speak for they're going to put your daughters in harems. And... I think that's what, what David is looking for here after he sees this beautiful woman. Uh, you know, is she married? Is she available? And he learns that, no, uh, she's the wife of Uriah. Uriah. And Uriah, if you read on in this uh, particular passage of Scripture, Uriah is the honorable soldier. And he's in battle right now. He's out camped with Joab. And uh, if you read about him, he is the model, loyal soldier. It's worth reading. You just want to stand up and salute that guy when you just uh, hear about how honorable he is when he called home. 
worth the reading. And he gets this information, you know, and, uh, you know, it's the end of a verse, and it could be the end of the temptation right there. And uh, he could have said to his guys, he's got them all up on the roof. I don't know if that's group voyeurism at this point or not, but uh, got the information and said, oh, somebody's wife. I can't, can't take her into the harem, you know. That, that would be a real no-no. Guys, thanks for the information. Uh, let's, let's go down and we'll, we'll have something to eat. Let's go back in the house. I'm making a mistake here. Let's just, just go down and forget this thing. Uh, let's read on. It could have been stopped right there. And David sent messengers and took her and she came to him. He's working on this thing. Remember what it said about your desires? They will escalate. They will escalate. You will let them go. It's your desires that will lead you to sin and lead you to evil. He's being tempted, but now his own evil desires are working. This thing is snowballing. And then David sent messengers to her, and she came to him. So I suppose when the king sends a messenger over to your house, you, you go. You know, he's the king. And you remember one of the other things that was talked about in one of the verses called pride of life? I'm the king. When I call women, they come. It's my position. I'm not a bad-looking guy, and I'm not a bad king. That's pride of life. I'm a little above the rules. I'm king. I'll have that woman come to my house. He's overplaying his hand a little bit. And what does it say in Scripture? When you think you're strong, you fall. Yeah, that's what it says. I'm the king. I stayed home from the battle. I get to do that too. I'm king. If I want this woman to come to my house, I can do that. She could have stopped it right there. She could have come over and said, I hear your husband's Uriah. I know he's an honorable soldier. And I just want to thank you for letting him go to war. I just want to thank you so much because he's a real honorable guy. And I just want to tip my cap to you. And I'm going to send some gifts over to you. Just saying thanks for what your husband has done for the nation of Israel. He, he could have said that. He could have recanted at any time and said, you know, I'm making a big mistake here. I need to turn the hormones down and get out of this thing. Evil desires are leading and leading and leading. Okay, so far, do we have any sin here? I, I don't know. I think maybe when he sent the guys, he's really working on this thing. He's got a plan in his mind. He's going to follow through. Maybe at that point, we've got sin. But as we read the next verse, we, we know we've got sin. And he laid with her. Ooh, you know what that means. We, can't, we don't need to elaborate on that. They had the consummation of this fornication right there. Now we, now we got sin. See that progress there? See that progressed? He could have stopped that at about three different intersections. But he didn't. He didn't. His evil desires just snowballed and snowballed. He wanted to do it. She looked good. It would be a lot of fun to have pleasure with her. I'm the king. Let's get her over here. I'm going to send my guys over there. I'm, I'm going to use my forces so I can have a little fun. I'm the king, you know. I'm going to have a little fun tonight. She was beautiful. Who could resist? And he lay with her. She was cleansed from her impurity and returned to her home. That's talking about a ceremonial cleaning after menstruation. And this is evidence that it wasn't going to be Uriah's child. It was going to be David's child. And that's the Holy Spirit telling us that that's what's going on there. And she returned to her house, and the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am a child. It's 
it's his. She, she has been counting the days. She's been ceremonially cleaned. Everything's adding up to this is David's child. So there's the sin. There's the progression. And we know he should have been listening to 1 Corinthians 10.13. Leave. Leave. Understand that you have not experienced a temptation that is greater than you are. He could have left at any time. God doesn't tempt you beyond what you can bear. But he, he didn't do that. His own evil desires took this down the path to a sin. And it talked about sin when it's full grown leads to death. One kidding. Was not kidding. This, this child dies, just for starters. If you just thumb through your Bible and start reading the headlines, David arranges death of Uriah. Cold-blooded, calculated, outright death. I mean, it was so premeditated. Sin leads to death. Um, Nathan rebukes David. David did uh, um, repent, and he was very sorry, but the consequences are adding up. Um, Rape of Tamar, his own household. Absalom kills Amon. Amon was the one that raped Tamar. Um, these, are just, these are just headlines. Uh, Absalom engineers a rebellion against his father. David flight from Jerusalem. Um, other incidents. Absalom takes over Jerusalem, his son. What happens to Absalom? He's killed by his forces. Absalom's forces defeated. Absalom killed. David receives the news. David weeps for days. So when it talks about this simple thing that started on a roof, looking at a beautiful gal, lust of the eyes, and everything else that got involved here, says when sin is conceived and it grows, it leads to death. It was horrible. There was carnage in David's house. And he repented, but the consequences go on. I think we can think of consequences in our own life or the sins that we've committed. And yes, we're forgiven, but Oh my, the consequences roll on. So David that wrote all that beautiful poetry, if you read Psalms, it's just, it's just gorgeous stuff. Where did, he, where did he get that imagination? How close to God was he to come up with this poetry and, and these songs and everything? What an artist. But he trips too. He trips too. When you think you're strong, that's when you're going to fall. He was the king. He was taken down by a little gal a couple roofs away. Oh my goodness. Okay, that's, that's a very sad one. Let's, let's flip to Genesis and talk about another temptation. It has a little different outcome. And this is Joseph. And we know the story of Joseph. Uh, he was the son of many colors, had the coat of many colors, favorite of his dad, and he had the dreams, and his brothers hated him. And he was sold into slavery, uh, but destined to do good things. Let's pick it up in... Uh, Chapter 39 of Genesis, and we're going to be in verse 5, just kind of a summation thing to roll into this. And uh, so his brothers mean all this for evil for him, but once he gets to Egypt and is sold into slavery, things start to pick up for a while. Things start to pick up. And in 5 of uh, Genesis 39, it says, So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house, and that's Potiphar's house, and all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house, that's Potiphar's house, for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that uh, he had in Joseph's hands, and he did not know what he had except the bread he had to eat. Joseph was such a great administrator 
And once he got in Potiphar's house, he was made the steward, and he did great. He did really good. He was taking care of the farm, and the farm was good. Taking care of the household, and the household was good. The bottom line was good. And when Potiphar came, and Potiphar was the head of, of a royal guard, some kind of military unit that was in the court, starting the court. He was pretty high up, pretty close to Pharaoh. So he had a lot on his mind, and he was really happy when he came home, and everything was humming along, and the bottom line looked good. And uh, Joseph found favor in his sight. Um, okay, to finish up uh, that verse, it says, Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Okay, he's a good-looking Jewish kid. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and said to him, Lie with me. So here we have a temptation that's coming to him, coming to him. It's an active temptation. It's, it's got legs. It's on the move. It has desire. It's after him for sin. How's he going to handle this? In David's case, it was a passive thing. He was the active agent. So there's a little different spin on this thing. So have to be a little, a little tougher. Remember when uh, Jesus was in the garden? He was tempted in the garden. He was in the wilderness for 40 days. It was an active assault on him that Satan came to visit him and tempt him face to face. You know, quiz him, ask him questions, uh, pervert uh, scripture to get him to sin. And this is one of those active ones. These are the hard ones where it comes right into you and you have to deal with it. It's like you just can't walk away from it. It's kind of right on you. And uh, and in 8 it says, but he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is in with me or what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has in my hand. What he is saying is I'm doing a great job here. He's forgotten about the household. He doesn't have to worry about it because I'm doing such a great job here. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept anything back from me but you, because you are his wife. You are his wife, remember? Yeah, that's what he wanted to say. You think he could have been uh, subject to that thing that David was subject to, pride of life? Yeah, I think so. He was the master of the household. He had a lot of great things going on there. The bottom line was good. They had food in the house that the master liked. Uh, everything was squared away. Happy, happy, happy. But the master's wife was, how do you say it in the vernacular, had the hots for him? Yeah, that's, I guess that's in the Greek. I, I don't know how else to say that. Anyway, you know, this is in his, in his face every day. Could he have just said, you know, I'm doing everything else cool here. I can have a sexual conquest right here and have the master's wife too. I can finish this off as a coup de gras and just say, I've had everything in this household. He didn't do that. Did not do that. He was very, very honorable. And because you are his wife, he honored that. He knew to stay away from that, even though she was actively pursuing her. Do you think she was uh, a plain Jane? I bet she wasn't a plain Jane. I bet she had everything that Egypt had to offer to make her a Stand out fox. I bet she had the hair. She had the perfume. Smelled real good. Looked real good. And uh, I bet she had seductive clothing. The best in the land. Best in the land. And if you look at Egyptian art, some of the women are topless. That would, that would up the ante on your saying no sometimes, I think. 
I heard giggling. I thought it was ahead of a mature audience here. That, that makes me want to talk about necklines here a little bit. <laughs> How you got to look away sometimes. Anyway, let's move on. How then can this great wickedness, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? What character? Don't you love that character? David didn't exhibit this. David worked hard to go get the gal, Bathsheba, a few roofs away. I'm going to send my guys over there. I'm going to bring her right over here into the palace, and we're, we're, going, to, we're going to finish this thing off. He said, no, 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 no. I can't do this wickedness. Who's going to be involved in the wickedness? Potiphar's going to be heartbroken and embarrassed. The wife is going to be thrown out and divorced. Who knows what would happen to uh, poor Joseph, and, and the household's going to be wrecked. And is God going to be sad? God's going to be sad. He doesn't like that. He says that's not the thing to do. Adultery is a sin. So this could erect a lot of things. Really hard to sin alone, and we, and we talked about David's sin and the repercussions that happened with that. This, this guy has temptation actively in his face, and he says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Boy, what fear, what respect, what courage, and what strength he had. Wow. Remember Jesus in the wilderness when he was tempted? And it says those 40 days, it said he was, it's kind of insinuated that he was tempted throughout those 40 days. And when the three big ones hit, you know, he didn't buckle, he didn't give up any ground, he didn't talk, he just gave him scripture. He just gave him scripture. Victory. Victory in Jesus. What a guy. What a God. Man, he's good. Here we have a model of Christ right here. He can't do the wickedness and sin against God. 10. So it was as he spoke to Joseph day, she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. He's in position. We talked about being out of position. He's in position. The coach says, your position is about six rooms away from this gal. I want you to be as far away from her as you can get and still do your job. That's, what you, that's where you need to be, son. You need to be way away from her. Good coaching. Good coaching. Holy Spirit's working with this guy. Did not heed to lie with her nor be with her. He was away from her. What a great thing. What a great thing. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men in the house were there, were inside. She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Okay, this is a real active approach. You know, she's, she's taking the bull by the horns here, grabs him by the coat, and says, we're going to take a little trip into the bedroom, dude. And he does the right thing. He does the simple thing. There wasn't any negotiation. There wasn't any talking. Door. Boom. I'm out of here as fast as I can go. Hoorah. This guy's in position. This guy's playing the game right. He is headed for the door. I get excited about that because I've missed the door so many times. I'll tell a little tale about the door. When I first became a Christian, I, I was having trouble with uh, alcohol, and I, I owned a bar. Not a good mix. Not a good mix. I should have stayed away from it. And in fact, we sold the bar, but I still had friends up there. And this one, one day, I'm just going to go in. I'm going to have a Pepsi and talk to the guys. Well, about four hours later, I went on Pepsi. Uh... And the door was about, I was on the last bar stool, and the door was about right there. And I looked at that door, I don't know how many times, and I never got up and went out. 
And that evil desire in me just kept rolling right along. And my judgment was impaired by one too many blats. And I didn't do anything real stupid that night, I don't think. But, you know, I'm walking around town saying I'm a Christian, but I'm blasted at the bar. Bad witness. Why didn't I just get up and leave right after that second Pepsi? I don't know. I don't know. There's a temptation there that got me. It got me. Should have gotten right up and, and left. So, you know, the prescription is, is easy. Leave. Flee youthful lust. Flee temptation. Draw near to God. Resist the devil. Those are easy words, sometimes tough to do. Sometimes tough to do. But the simplest play is usually the best play. Just stay away. Don't go to those places that are temptation for you. That computer is talking to you. You know, click on Beverly, have a good time. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, other areas in your life, you know, that are, that are bad for you, literature, magazines, stuff like that, get rid of it. Just, just get it out of there. Have it take a trip. Get it out of your lives. So, you know, this is the practical lesson. I love teaching those. And this guy, this guy Joseph, did the right thing. How did it play out? How did it play out? We know that temptation leads to sin, and then sin, when it's full-blown, leads to death. Leads to death. He cut it off before sin. How does this thing wind up? He goes to prison. Uh, Mrs. Potiphar says rape. He goes to prison, and he interprets a couple of dreams, and in two years he gets out. Shortly after that, he's second in command of all of Egypt. And through that, he can save his family. They come because of a famine in Canaan, in Israel, and he saves the whole bunch of them. Resisting sin right there paid off in silver dollars. He could save his whole family later when he was number two in all of Egypt. So you think that sin's a little sin? It can multiply. That thing can get legs and be a real, real problem. Okay, I think that's the teaching tonight. Right on time, the uh, teachers back there are going to love me. So let's pray and be on our way. Lord Jesus, uh, you don't tempt anybody, Lord, but the tempter is uh, out and about. And uh, you give a good prescription how to stay away from him and what to do when he's got you cornered. Just leave. Let us remember that. Let us use that, utilize that, that we just get the feet going and we get out of there. We need to be in position, Lord. We need to be where you would have us. No matter what the temptation is, you say we can move away from it. You say we're not over-tempted. Let us remember those things. And above all that, we have the Holy Spirit whispering in our ears. Don't do that. That's a bad thing. It's going to hurt. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for these scriptures that give us encouragement. Give us a plan and uh, you know a way to get out from under temptation, Lord. Lord, um, just thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And thanks again for dying on the cross for us and raising again. We love you. Amen.